Birth is never a one-size-fits-all, and every birth is its own beautiful. I'll be interviewing mothers and inviting them to share their unique stories of childbirth. Tune in to Beautifully Birthed for your weekly birth story. I'm your host, Brittany, and thanks so much for stopping by. Let's get started. Today's story is with Emily. She has her little boy, Leo. She's from Vancouver, British Columbia, where she lives with her partner, Mario. And she actually has her own podcast, Cool Mom 101. And she does social media as well um, for Rosa Media is the company that she had founded. Um, And she's a first-time mom. She had a very uh, positive birth story, uh, pretty quick for a first-time mom. Um, And she did go with the midwives, and she did have a doula. So her story is absolutely lovely um and she ended up having a home birth which uh was something she thought that she might want and uh, she ended up getting it so hope you enjoy thank you so much for joining me today emily thank you for having me if you wanted to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family and where you guys are from yes of course so my name's emily kylo And I am the founder of Rosa Media Co. So it's a PR company that focuses on influencer marketing, social media, and podcasts. And I'm also the host and creator of Cool Mom 101, which is a podcast about embracing motherhood with style and grace, along with some WTF moments along the way. And I'm um, the mom of Leo, who is uh, 14 months right now. And oh, we're, and we're from Vancouver. Vancouver. <laughs> Whereabouts yeah. in Vancouver are you guys? Just a bit outside Vancouver. So if you're familiar, um, we are living in Langley. So it's about 45 minutes outside of the city. Oh, nice. And you and your husband, um, w- when you guys were trying to get pregnant, had you guys been married long? Were you guys trying for Leo? Oh, great question. So we've now been together about five years. Um, and we actually aren't married, so we were common law, I guess you could call us. Um, so we were together for three and a half or so years when we got pregnant with Leo and we weren't planning, but we weren't not planning. So that makes sense. We knew we wanted to have kids together and we weren't sure exactly when it was going to go down. And so we kind of left it, I guess, a little up to fate slash chance if that makes sense so yeah here we are yeah and did you have any early signs that kind of prompted you to test or did you kind of know great question I knew almost right away I would say mm, within a couple weeks um, because my period was so on point like it was 28 days to the day so when I was late for two days I just knew I was like oh there we go (laughs) And did you get any (laughs) nausea or pretty easy? For the beginning of pregnancy? Yeah. Well, the first three months I had pretty bad morning sickness. So that was not that much fun. Uh, So that was kind of my introduction into pregnancy. I was like, oh, here we are. Um, This is fun. So yeah, I I dealt with that for the first three months. But luckily, because I know some women, it goes on and on uh, for the whole pregnancy. So mine ended at about almost exactly that three month mark. Oh, that's awesome. So you didn't have to go on any medications or anything then? No, no, I did not. So it, it was really bad. I think 
a lot of women would probably say this, but once I was finished with it, once it ended, I kind of realized how bad I was feeling. (laughs) So it just was hard to find things that I was interested in eating. I ate a lot of bagels, like just kind of plain things that I felt like I could stomach and watermelon that continued through the whole pregnancy but uh, yeah those first few months are really tough if you have um, like that morning sickness but I do feel for the women where it carries on for nine months that's just not fair (laughs) oh yeah and did you just um, go with your um, family doctor for the first little bit did they do any like um, appointments to like confirm and everything and you had your ultrasounds and stuff done through them Yeah. So I did start off that way. Um, So I got the pregnancy confirmed. I did a home test first when I said to you, I was like two days late for my period. I was like, oh, definitely pregnant. So the home (laughs) test and those are pretty accurate now. So I was, you know, 99% sure, but I did get it checked through. um, Actually, I didn't have a GP at that time. So I did it through the walk-in clinic that I used to go to a lot. And so they confirmed it and then set us up with the ultrasound to check that first one. Can't remember when they do that one, but that first ultrasound we did kind of through them. And then I transitioned into midwife care. Oh, nice. So when did you start seeing the midwives at? So now I'm trying to remember, but I think it was around, it was quite early. And I remember that was one of the parts I really liked about the midwife care is that they kind of see you throughout that almost your whole pregnancy and if I remember I think it was around three months as well so it's really nice because they see you sooner I don't know what it's like in you're in Ontario correct Mm -hmm. yeah so I'm not sure if it's the same I'm sure it's similar but here if you were going to go the OBGYN route I don't think they see you until you're 20 weeks yeah, I think the OBs are a lot later. I think m- with my midwife, I saw them. Um, I think I started seeing her at 10 weeks. So it was a lot different. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but the care that you get um, with your midwife and just the relationships that you build, like for yours, did you have them like a team kind of and you got to split between the two or did you have the same midwife all the way through? We actually had a team, which I really like this concept because it was very important to me that I had someone I really knew at my birth. So the way the teams work is, you know, I would rotate through the three midwives and then whoever was on call the day of my birth, that's who would be there. So it was nice because I really did get a ton of face-to-face time. And now that you're saying it, I do think I went before even 12 weeks. So as we were kind of saying, you get this continuity of care from the very beginning of your pregnancy or close to, to the very end, which was really, really, you know, important for me. Yeah, it's awesome. And did they, what, did they give you options on um, where you could give birth? Did they have a birth center near you or was it just kind of hospital or home? Now for that, and that's one of the other reasons I just love midwives. I can't say enough about them. Um, And here, it is so in BC for anyone listening who's in BC it is paid for by our medical plan so it doesn't cost you anything which I didn't actually know before I went looking for my care Um, but I thought that's great because then you can really decide what makes more sense to you and that's just what I feel passionate about like some people 
you might be much more comfortable with someone who is an OBGYN and has, you know, tons of experience in more of the hospital setting. So then you should kind of go for that. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. And your midwife, so later in pregnancy, did you guys um, come up with a birth plan? Like what was your um, vision that you kind of had seen going? Oh, yes. And sorry, I didn't actually answer that very well. So that last question about whether they give you options, I was going to say, I love that midwives give you as many options as they can, really. And they try their best to present the information and give you the power to choose what's best for you, your body and really your family too. So what's going to work the best for you. So they did give you the option. They let you know about my midwife team, let us know about, um, you know, what it would look like at the hospital birth. So they, you know, take the time to walk you through what that would look like. And they kind of ask you at the onset, what you're thinking, you know, would you prefer to do it um, in the hospital or at home? And then they check in with you as you go kind of thing. So making sure you're still, they still know what you guys are thinking and what you desire to happen. As we know, it doesn't always go according to plan. Uh, But yeah, they're really good at checking in on what you want to see happen. Oh, that's perfect. And did they do um, any uh, birth prep classes? So did you do any um, classes with them or any kind of through the hospital or on the side? Yeah, we actually did our own on the side, which was a fantastic course that they have. It had actually been recommended to me. It's like a private course. It had been recommended to me by, I want to say about five different people who didn't know each other. So they were all from different groups of my life. Like it was a work colleague and, you know, another friend of a friend. So it was called Baby Prep. Um, They still have it going on. And it's actually taught by registered nurses so that was really great for us to kind of get us comfortable with a lot of the processes that happen and familiarizing us with um, what happens at the hospital so if you were to choose a hospital birth or wanted ended up at the hospital um, they really taught us about everything that goes on kind of the mechanisms and they went into quite a bit of detail about pain medication and how that affects you and how that affects the baby and all all those kind of things, which was really, really great. So yeah, we did our, our own course on the side. That's awesome. And did they, I know that you ended up having a home birth, but did you, um, did they have lots of information at that class for home birth or did you kind of do your own research on that? Great question. So the course that we took, they kind of asked everyone who was in the class if they were planning on a home birth or a hospital birth. And because everyone in the class, including actually us, said that we were, you know, choosing a hospital birth, they didn't go into detail about it. Otherwise, they would have if there were people in the class who were interested. So I didn't really get it from the course. And then my midwife team, they had, which we actually never went to, but they had um, these kind of information nights that you could go to where someone who had had, a home birth recently would talk about their experience and you would get to ask the midwives questions. So I think that would have been a really great experience if I had um, fully planned the home birth. And I think we'll probably get into the birth plan later. So I can chat about that later. Um, But those were some of the options. And then I read a lot, uh, read a lot about it actually. So I just read about different stories of home birth 
me familiarized with just the possibility, I would say, because I didn't know anyone personally who had had a home birth. So it was interesting and important for me to get a bit of information outside of my circle. And when did you kind of decide like, yep, home birth is definitely um, the, the, the hope for you guys? So I hadn't fully committed or vocalized that a home birth was what I wanted. But if I'm honest with you, that is what I wanted. I just didn't know anyone that had done it. So I just wasn't familiar with it. Deep down, that was what I wanted, but I didn't know anyone who had done it. I hadn't heard many stories about it. So I kind of stuck with and our birth plan, which I can mention now. We had a doula that we worked with. Our birth plan was to do most of the labor at home and then go to the hospital for basically just the delivery. So that was what our quote unquote birth plan was. And that is not what ended up happening. So I did end up having a home birth. And yeah, I'm really glad that that's what ended up happening (laughs) because that is what I wanted. (laughs) So um, when you when you had kind of gone into the end of pregnancy, did you have um, early signs that um, you were kind of going into labor? Yes. I had so many telltale signs. Like I knew it was coming. One of the first things that started happening was I had more intense Braxton Hicks and I hadn't had that at all during the pregnancy. So I really felt like my body was kind of warming up to it in about, I would say, two weeks before, maybe a week or so before. And then the day that I went into labor, I actually lost the mucus plug, which you can still, you know, it can still be some time before labor starts getting going. My doula told me this. But it's often, you know, like a real precursor, like a classic precursor that labor is going to start. And so that happened around 6 p.m. perhaps. And then I was into into labor around 11 p.m. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So when you lost your mucus plug, did you kind of call your midwife right away or did had she already kind of pre-warned you that you can lose little bits of it here and there? Yeah, that's where my doula came in. Like I had the ability to just text her. I love doulas too. Can't say enough. Um, That's excellent that you had a doula. Yeah. So Sandy, my doula, I was able to just text her. And I was texting her when I was getting the Braxton Hicks too, because as I mentioned, I hadn't had those in the pregnancy at all. So I was kind of like, what is this? Uh, And she's like, you know, it's just your body warming up, just getting prepared. So it really kind of eased my nerves and just put me at kind of, you know, oh, okay, I get what's going on. Made me understand. And then with the mucus plug coming out, same kind of thing. I just texted her and she said, that's totally normal. It's all good because I explained to her what it what, what it looked like. And she's like, yeah, that's definitely your mucus plug. Um, you know, labor could get going soon or it might be a few days still. You just never know. So oh, it kind of helped awesome. me prepare mentally a little more. Yeah, and did so do you see... Um... Sandy all the way through like did you kind of see her this around the same time you would see the midwives or how do they kind of follow you through so Sandy my midwife we met with her I want to say midway through my pregnancy so we had two or three meetings with her before 
um, the birth and then one after. And interestingly, and funnily enough, she wasn't at the birth, which was something we had discussed before, before, like ahead of time. So her kind of backup partner was actually at my birth, Ariel, who was just amazing. And I just, I don't know if I could have done it the same way without her. She was such a good support, but I had never met her before. So we were actually supposed to meet, I think the day after Leo ended up being born just so I got a chance to meet her, chat with her a little bit in case Sandy wasn't able to be at the birth. Um, Sandy was actually taking exams for, uh, I think it was getting into midwife school, which she's doing now. So um, I knew that she might might not be available. Um, so yeah, it was Ariel oh, was who was that? actually at my birth, but Sandy did come after. Yeah, so with our doula, and I think this is quite common from doulas I've kind of heard about and stories I've heard that she basically comes whenever you want he or she they come when you feel that you need that support so I really could have called on her whenever um I ended up laboring by myself for quite a while before I even woke up my partner actually so I we didn't call (laughs) anyone till quite near the end and is what it turned out (laughs) to be oh (laughs) <laughs> so you said you lost your mucus plug around six. So um, was it around 11 you started to notice like early contractions or did you have like those period pains, those early ones? Yeah, I started to notice what now reflecting I think was probably early labor contractions at 11 p.m. And just because of what I had learned about labor, I knew that the beginning part could last a really long time it's like when you hear people say they've been in labor for 48 hours they've probably been in those early stages for you know a large portion of that typically so I knew that it could last for a very long time so I actually thought okay I I, I feel these contractions I think they're contractions I'm gonna actually try and go to sleep so that's what I did I went to sleep (laughs) oh that's you knew to do that because sometimes especially first babies right it's so want to go to sleep absolutely and I can see totally why just depending on your personality depending on how you know so many factors I can see why you would be too excited to sleep or nervous or anxious all those feelings Uh, for me sleep is one of my top priorities in life so and because I knew my body needed to be ready you know it's called labor it's not a vacation so I, no, right. I, knew I was going to be tired and needed my energy store. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to try and sleep. So I slept for the first two hours, two and a half hours. Oh, wow. And how were you past dates or had you hit your due date yet? I was 12 days early. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. For first baby. That's good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's very good and very rare. I think the average right now is something like 10 days late for your first baby. So yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. Wow. So then you probably were thinking like in that time, like this can't really be it. You know, I'm still a little early. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking that. But then I had all those signs I was telling you about that. I just knew it was coming. I was like, oh, it's coming. It's coming early. That's yeah. So then you did a little bit of sleep. So when you woke up, were the contractions like getting way worse? You couldn't sleep through them anymore? Exactly. So I woke up at around 1.30 a.m. 
And that's when the contractions, they woke me up. So I think they were intense enough that I wasn't, couldn't sleep through those ones. And I still, I woke up and it was like, okay, these are definitely heating up. Um, but I'm still gonna not wake Mario up yet. My partner, <laughs> I'm like, I'll let him sleep a little more. So I woke him up, I think two hours later around 3 30 a.m and that's when they were getting like pretty intense and I thought I would like someone else to be around so I woke him up and that's when I actually went into the bathtub just our bathtub at home the water felt really nice it's warm and so he kind of timed my contractions and at that point so I think it was around 3 30 a.m they were already like I think a minute apart and three or four minutes long something like that so they were already in those kind of like end state later stages of labor oh wow and so was he just kind of like sitting with you or was he trying to get everything ready because you guys might be going to the hospital or was he calling everybody yeah so he was kind of just sitting with me because I was in the tub like I mentioned um sitting with me and I think, again, this was helpful taking the baby prep course that we took and the conversations with the midwives and the conversations with the doula. It was helpful for him to know kind of what I needed and be able to gauge a little bit. And I think he knew that I just needed him there. I didn't really need much else. Like, I didn't really need him talking to me at me. Um, So he was just kind of present with me. And then I did tell him, I kind of came out of my zone, as I call it. And I was like, I think we need to call people. (laughs) Like, we might need to call some people. (laughs) And looking back around, so he called people. And that was probably at about 3.45 a.m or 4am he called started calling the doula and the midwives and looking back I think I already was somewhat getting sensations that I wanted to push like I was already feeling a bit of that when I reflect back but I we called all our people and another time I just like came out of my zone was he was talking to the midwives and I could kind of hear the conversation a little bit and I think because it was my first time they're really I don't want to say apprehensive but they they don't want to you know come all the way out to you if you are one centimeter dilated in early labor totally understand but I remember hearing them kind of have that conversation and I was like tell them to get the f here right now (laughs) no you don't understand like you need to get here (laughs) so I remember coming out of my zone and being like get here now so 4.50 a.m. rolls around. So like, let's say about an hour after we've got our doula and midwives on the phone, they show up actually at the exact same time, which was funny. Um, So that's when they they all showed up was like 4.50 (laughs) a.m. And then um, from then, did were you still in the tub? Like, did your doula do any things that you kind of found helpful for pain management or was it just like they kind of had showed up and then so it was kind of go time yeah basically it was go time so just before they showed up the pain was getting to a more intense level 
And I just felt like I wanted to lay down on my bed. Like I wanted to get out of the water. I remember just, I had that urge. So I got out and Mario helped me get out. And then I just laid on my bed. So I I had just kind of laid down and then the team came in. So I had my doula Ariel because Sandy was, of course, as it turned out, you know, in exams, basically. Um, So was unable to come. And then my midwife Steffi was there and then I actually had another midwife and this was a fun part of the story too a midwife who didn't even wasn't even part of my clinic but lived in my building so they knew this I think she had been um, a kind of like a resident like a colleague during her practicum for midwife school at my clinic And so they knew, my clinic knew that she lived in our building and they called her and they're like, hey, want to come to a birth (laughs) like a couple floors up? (laughs) So she came, which I thought was like so cool. Kelsey. Anyways, so yeah, I had those three there um, and I was just laying on my bed when they came in and I think they all knew because they've seen so many births they knew that I was like at the end basically just by based on how I was kind of looking and what I was saying slash screaming Um, (laughs) it was intense not unmanageable it just had gotten very intense by that point and then you know the midwife they they checked me basically so they checked my dilation and I was already at 10 centimeters so were you thinking you knew you weren't going to the hospital? You had kind of accepted, yeah, this is happening at home. Yes. Yeah, so that is an awesome question because they knew, knowing my birth plan, they all knew it. The midwives and doula, they, they asked me the question. So they said, do you want to go to the hospital? Like, and we know that's your plan. And I said, F no, like again, came out of my zone. And I was <laughs> like, hell no, I'm not moving anywhere. Like I am good. I'm doing this. Like I no and which was a good thing because just timeline wise they were there at 4 50 a.m probably checked me around 5 a.m and I would have probably had the baby in the car because he was born at 5 22 a.m wow so I think I knew like there's no way and you know no way no way I'm yeah there's no way you're getting me in that car <laughs> No. <laughs> and and so um, knowing you, I guess you didn't really know you were going to be at home, but did you kind of have an idea of where you would want to give birth? Like, did you want to go back in the tub or were you happy to stay just kind of on the bed? No. And this is so fascinating. And I love this. I think this is so cool about birth. Like some of what you envision, like I was always thinking I would be the person who was because, you know, I did envision I wanted most of the labor at home for sure if not all the whole birth, but I thought I'd be this person who's like walking around and like doing squats. And turns out I pretty much laid in the fetal position for 80% of my labor. (laughs) Like I was in, so when they, that team all came, I was in, basically I would call it like fetal position. I was comfortable. Like I was laying on my right side and my knees like a bit up. And that's like where I labored most of the time. So I was like, just, sedentary basically sitting there um and yeah that's like how the whole thing went down so I was kind of surprised and yeah I just think you know a lot of things innately if you want to listen and trust your body and kind of what your inner voice is telling you even when you're in that like crazy zone of labor and I just knew like I knew I wanted to get in the tub 
and then I knew I wanted to get out and then I had the baby 30 minutes later so wow (laughs) and so when they came um and did the check they saw baby was there did they Mm -hmm. um kind of prep the bed for you to give birth on it or were they like no we'll just leave everything as is like we'll just do it here yeah no it was that's a great question because I uh, reflecting not as much in the moment but reflecting back I thought this is really great that they you know they actually asked they're like do you have like towels you don't care too much about um but essentially they just and you know do you want to move the comforter so they actually took off the down comforter like like you know fancy down thing they take took that off and then they basically put um like padding down that you can throw away I don't exactly know what it's called but they put that kind of right underneath of me and like a towel underneath that I think and that was it like you actually don't need that much which was interesting to see too (laughs) yeah that is so awesome Mm -hmm. and then um were you kind of working with Ariel kind of through the contractions and then did you just kind of feel like he's coming or how did that all kind of work Yes. So Ariel was so helpful. She just, I think they just have, you know, people who are doulas are special people. And I think mixed with their experience and just their desire to, you know, see you shine in your birth, for lack of a better expression. Like, I think she just knew how to support me. So she came in, I've never met her before. She came right in, they all saw that they knew I was near the end, as I was mentioning, you know, they're so well versed in what labor looks like and what a, you know, what women, women look like through all the different stages. And she just came right over. She like stood on the bed and then like sat next to me and just held my hands. And she like squeezed as tight as I was squeezing. So she kind of like matched what I was doing. And then she helped with breathing. So she kind of like helped me slow down just a little bit which was really, really helpful. Um, yeah, she was awesome. I'm so happy. I would thousand percent have a doula again. It was, yeah, she definitely helped with that. Yeah. And dads, they're just not the same. <laughs> they try no, so hard, but no. bless Mario. But like in some ways it didn't, I was glad he was there, of course. But then once like the, all my women team came, I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Women supporting women. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. And um, so when he was, when Leo was getting ready to be born, did you kind of notice the shift in contractions? Like I know a lot of people can kind of tell the difference of where it's starting to come down. You can feel everything coming down. You know, they're coming You can get that push. Absolutely. And I just felt like I needed to push like it anyone who's been through it I think you will know yes I definitely felt like I just needed to push and I think most women who've been through it there's just like an overwhelming feeling it's not like a oh maybe I'll push now like I needed to push there was no other way like that was it and I think I had mentioned that I was in fetal position and I did not want to move and they kind of asked me to like oh do you want to like move on like stand up or move and I was like nope absolutely not so they actually had to just um this was where I think it was Mario who actually helped held my leg kind of up and open so my leg that was on top kind of up and open a little bit just to give a little better of an opening and better for them to see and everything but I basically didn't move oh and the other thing I meant to mention 
um, as I was pushing was when first pushing was when my water broke, actually. So it's not like the movies always, ladies. <laughs> Mine broke at like the last minute, basically. Wow. And did did um did you kind of feel like I know for me that fetal ejection reflex, it was like it's not even really your body pushing. It's just kind of or it's not even you pushing, it's your body. Like you're sometimes you're like, What is going on? Right? <laughs> Absolutely. And again, this is one thing I really loved with my midwives is they did coach me through that because otherwise I think that's where a lot of like tearing can happen because it is so intense. Like the need to push can be so intense. And now that I've experienced it, I get it. And a couple of times when I was only pushing for not long, 10, 15 minutes kind of, um, but they ask you to slow down if you can, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's weird, but you can kind of, feel that difference but it's hard but I definitely did try to like slow it down a bit because you don't want to just and did you kind of reach down to feel him could you did you like touch his head at all like I did not I did not do that I was like you guys do that part down there I'm taking care of this part up here (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's because it's a very overwhelming feeling like to feel that yeah Totally. And then, yeah, like the water broke as I was pushing. So that was kind of interesting, too. Like, oh, your water just broke. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> I forgot on. all about that. Yeah, that <laughs> thing, right? Um, and did he kind of rock out? Like, did he kind of come out like all one or did he kind of come out in phases? You know what? I From what I remember, it was pretty much just two. So it was like his head came out and then his shoulders and then it was kind of slowly because once you have the shoulders out. I mean, anatomically, there's just nothing as wide to come, right? So it's a lot um, smoother after that. So from what I remember, it was like the first one, I could just feel him coming down. And like the second one, his head was kind of coming out. And then the third contraction, it was like, that was it. Amazing. And did you grab him and bring him right up to you? Or did did he kind of go on the bed and then they brought him to you? They like brought him right up to me. Oh, that's so sweet. So that was one really, really cool thing, too, about home birth. I'm not sure if that happens in the hospital, too, though. Um, But just right after they just lay the baby on you, like, right away. Um, And then, like, they didn't take him for a little while because they did delayed cord clamping. So they kind of wait for all that to happen. Um, and that was something we did put in the birth plan as well. And I'm not sure if it's just something that all midwives do or suggest, but it was definitely in our plan as well. And then, um, it was cool too, because he pretty much right, almost right away, like started, um, searching for the nipple. Oh wow! So that was cool too. Cause like, I'd heard of that happening, like the rooting and stuff, but it was very cool to see it. It was pretty magical kind of moments after. I will say. Yeah. And I meant to ask, did you know um, if you were having a boy or was he a surprise? I knew as a boy. You did? Oh, that's so special. (laughs) So my entire family, um, I'm the baby of the family and I have three older siblings and I have eight nieces. So they all girls. There's no boys. So we wanted to find out. (laughs) We were like, are we going to be the the first boy? First boy. So. I bet everyone was so shocked. <laughs> oh, totally. But they were like, okay, at some point, there's got to be someone's going to give us a boy. Right? Yeah. 
And the yeah. joke, the joke is, so my partner is Brazilian. And so my dad's joke, he always says, like, he had to go all the way to Brazil to get a boy in the family. Just, <laughs> we all love all the girls. So he's totally just joking. But yeah, it's funny. <laughs> that is so sweet. And then so he he latched on pretty quick. So mm-hmm. um, did they do um, the placenta? Like, did it come away pretty quick? Like, it was pretty uneventful? was I do remember there was like a bit of a um Kelsey actually had to kind of like massage a bit I do remember that um kind of like massaging just down you know near I guess where my uterus is so just kind of massaging and kind of pushing it out so she had to do that a little bit but overall pretty uneventful um and yeah I didn't want to like keep it or anything so they just they take they take that with them (laughs) yeah um so yeah, that was, that was it. It was, that part was pretty uneventful. And then after, like I said, they uh, immediately kind of lay them on me. They let us kind of cuddle a bit and then they do all the kind of like just the weighing and the measurements just kind of right in front of you, which was really cool. So. And what did he weigh at? Pardon? Um, um, what, what, what did he end up weighing at? He was seven pounds and two ounces. A tiny guy. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? I'm glad he was 12 days early because at that point he was just plumping up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that. And was your guys breastfeeding journey? Did you guys do, you know, um, did you find it pretty easy or did you kind of have a rough? You know what? I think, and I'm sure most women can relate to this. It's a bit of a roller coaster. Like I did have quote unquote issues. Um, like I had really bad nipple pain before the milk came in. It's like you need that milk to come in before your like nipples are okay. So that was not fun. And I had like oversupply issues. So that was like another thing I kind of had to work around. Um, and I did end up seeing a lactation consultant. I think when Leo was around, I want to say three weeks. And I just, it was really the oversupply issues that I was having. And she just taught me like a few different ways to hold him. And the one that I ended up doing the most was me actually fully laying down. So you just fully lay down. I'd never seen this before, but you just fully lay down and the baby just goes straight on top of you and kind of like you can put him across almost diagonal and it just helps the, so you're just going against gravity so that my milk flow wasn't so intense for him. Uh, So that really, really helped. And um, Sarah, who I actually interviewed for my podcast, her episode was awesome um, because she just has so much knowledge. But she was part counselor, too. I always say like those postpartum care people, those are like some of the real heroes, too, because it is such a like a delicate um, and difficult time. Like it's just hard. And having those people who really support you and care about you no matter what that looks like for you, um, was so key to helping me feel a bit better. It was just hard. And, and, um, what did your, does your doula kind of follow you for a little bit as well? Like you saw the LC, does your doula kind of help a little bit too? Yeah. So she came and saw me once after, and I think all doulas are a little different, just depends. Um, and we texted a bit too. And in the period, you know, the postpartum period. So that was helpful as well. Um, So really great to have that. And then the midwives, as if I can say enough about them, but they come to you. So this was like the biggest blessing. So your postpartum, 
You don't even want to move. You don't even know what's hit you, basically. You're dealing with, especially first-time moms, it's a whole new level of, um, I don't know, scariness, the unknown, all those things added in. And then just the emotions of all the hormones and everything that happens with birth. And you're just like, what the F do I do now? I have this, like, tiny little human. Like, what do I do? Uh, And so they were so helpful because they just come right to your house and they stay for a full hour. And most of the time for me, frankly, it was a counseling session. You know, they would sit with me, they would, and they do check like how everything's going. They weigh him, all that jazz. But a big part of it was just that like emotional and mental care of someone saying to you, how are you feeling? You know? Um, So that was so, so important for me. And then you follow through for them for the six weeks. So did you have any, um, you didn't end up having any tearing or anything? Was that pretty, healing was pretty okay? Yeah, healing went well. They did end up putting um, a stitch, like two stitches in. So one on each side of my labia, I guess is the proper word. So they said, they're like, we could leave it, but I think it's better if we just do a little stitch. So that was actually the part that pain-wise was the worst. That was like the only- <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, because I think all the natural kind of chemicals that go on in your body to, you know, help you through labor, those start to fade. And then, you know, like a needle in your, in your like lady parts was not ideal. But um, I think that just helped the healing even more. That's awesome. And then did you and Mario, you guys found that you adjusted pretty well? I know it can be kind of hard, like finding your new kind of groove as, as two, you know, (laughs) absolutely adjusting to motherhood. I feel like I'm, and I think you're going to constantly adjust as you know, new phases come and the baby changes and their needs and your needs. So I think it's still going. But I will say those first, you know, three to six months. uh, And I think it took us a long time, you know, a lot of back and forth to try and figure out what worked for us. You know, what does this look like for us as a family? And it was, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's like very difficult. It was not easy. But fast forward to now Leo's 14 months and you know, we love being a family and for the most part, it's great. Um, But if you would have told me that in the first three months, I would have told you you were nuts because yeah, yeah. You really do grow to be such a really well oiled machine, like a really good team, but (laughs) absolutely. But just going from, you know, going from being able to do whatever you want and as a couple, whatever you want to do as a couple, any time basically you have all this free time you didn't even think of and to have all of a sudden none of that and then to be sleep deprived and I did mention earlier sleep is one of my top priorities in life I just you know I need my sleep so the sleep deprivation was something that was really hard for me and I think it's hard for everyone Um, but I think I went into it thinking oh it won't be that bad you know maybe I'll have that one baby in one million that sleeps through the night from day one but not so true for me (laughs) usually when you hope for it is when it doesn't happen (laughs) oh gosh for sure so yeah it was a lot of adjusting and I do want to say here that all and any of those postpartum feelings are very 
natural. Like I felt things like regret, which I never, never thought I would experience feeling regretful of something I wanted so much, but I did because it was so hard and such an adjustment. And, you know, you're exhausted, you're trying to breastfeed, you're trying to do all this. It's just a lot to handle. Um, but again, I'm like, you know, a year postpartum now, and I, I definitely don't have any feelings of regret. So I think I do want to say here that those feelings are normal. And most women I talk to experience them on some level, but they change like it goes fast and they do change. Yeah. And it's like, you'll be, you know, 2 a.m. in the morning and you look around and you're like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Like this, you know, this is not what I wanted. I I've changed my mind. Take it back. You know, it's like me and my sister talk about it. And she with her first, she was like, is there like a return policy? Like, right. (laughs) Return and and check the receipt on that. Yeah. But I think we need to talk about that a little more because I feel lucky that I had, you know, my sister who I feel comfortable like sharing those feelings with. And then she came back to me being like, oh, honey, like, I hope to return it to sender like my first. (laughs) Um, But I think maybe not everyone has that. So don't worry, it is normal. And if you are experiencing, you know, like those very, very like deep depression feelings, you're definitely not alone with that either. Um, But there's tons of like medical support you can seek that will help you. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely worth, definitely worth talking about it, even just for your own to process it. Like it's so hard to go into motherhood, especially if you don't have a lot of support and it's a lot for your body to change and your mind to change and everything. It's just, yeah, it's a big, big life change. Exactly. It's probably the biggest life change and you you do need your support system and to not to feel like you're not alone and whether it's like listening to a podcast which I actually did that a lot because you know it's like middle of the night like you said and you're like what is going on um or being able to reach out to to friends or like family that you know are not going to hold any judgment um that's so you know like necessary I think yeah I think so too yeah it's so so important Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for appreciating. I really, I love how positive your story is, especially for the first time. It's always great to hear um, that things can go how you want them. Like it doesn't have to be something so scary. I think that's just so beautiful. Well, I think part of why I like to share it, not to, um, you know, I really feel that any way that you have a baby is beautiful. I'll put it that way. So I'm not here to share my story to make anyone feel like, you know, less than or anything like that. Because even though I had this birth plan of how I kind of wanted to go, and like I mentioned, you guys, like deep down, I did want a home birth. I also was totally open and okay with the idea that things, you know, sometimes things go down and it might not go as planned. And yeah, of course, like I will definitely have a C-section if there's any medical reason or other intervention. So I did go into it with a kind of open mind. And I do like to share that it was a really positive experience. And I actually loved labor because I didn't hear that much at all, at all from people. So it can be great. I felt superwoman and I, I thought it was really beautiful. So there you go. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing with me. My pleasure. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me, Brittany. 
I hope you enjoyed Emily's story as much as I did. I definitely love how positive her story is and it just goes to show first time mums, it can be scary, but it doesn't have to be a long drug out process. Every pregnancy and every mum's body is so different. First babies, they don't have to be something intimidating and scary. It can still be very positive. And like Emily, she did have a pretty quick labor. So that is something that is possible and hopefully that's encouraging for new new mums and um don't forget to check us out at beautifully birthed if you're on instagram and also if you are listening on apple Podcasts, if you wouldn't mind just going down below and putting some stars and maybe leaving a review for me and that just lets other people see us and um hopefully other mums will be able to find us and uh they'll be able to get some encouragement as well thanks so much we'll catch you next week